This is a podcast episode on business innovation as part of the QED Changemaker series on November 6th, 2020. I'm your host, Ryan Lim, Principal Consultant at QED Consulting. Our panelist today is the Managing Director of Werns Automotive. With over 20 years of industry experience, he has managed brands cutting across all market segments, from city to family to even supercars. Apart from managing the Bentley, Aston Martin and Bugatti brands at Werns, he also researches social media, word of mouth and luxury management. Let's welcome Victor Kwan to the QED Changemaker Series podcast. Hi Victor, thanks for joining us today. Hi Ryan. You've just attended the 6th QED Changemaker Series about business innovation. Before we chat, could you tell us a little bit more about your role as Managing Director of Werns Automotive? Right, sure. Werns, we are the importer and retailer for a number of luxury automotive brands across the region in Singapore, of course, Malaysia, Vietnam, and a couple of other places as well. So these brands would include Bentley, Aston Martin, Volvo, Jaguar Land Rover. Most of them are actually in the luxury segment. So as the managing director, I manage actually quite a number of these brands across all different business functions, including sales, marketing, after sales, human resource management, finance as well. Wow, that's quite a bit of things to do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe we can then move on to your experience at the session. How was your experience at the session itself? It was good. It's my second Changemaker series that I attended. I think compared to the face-to-face session, the online experience was something different, but equally good as well. So there was a lot of useful sharing that went on, especially with the backdrop of what's happening in the world now. This actually made the sharings even more useful and insightful. Is there any particular segment of the session that you enjoyed that had a very strong impression on you? I really enjoyed the breakout session or those where we broken up into a small group for more intimate and closer discussion. So that was really useful for me. Then in this smaller breakout session, I'm sure you've probably heard a lot of opinions and perspective from fellow leaders at the session. But what are your views specifically about business innovation? Well, again, I think it will be very interesting to compare this Changemaker session to the one I attended probably more than a year ago. Pre-COVID, right? Yeah, yeah, pre-COVID. So it is very interesting because I recall the previous session I attended was about, the small group discussion at least was about disruptions. Well, you call that pre-COVID, I actually call that peacetime discussion. Now it's wartime. So it is very interesting that both disruption and business innovation are similar, right? So at the time, we were talking a lot about disruption, what can be happening, a lot of what if this happens. What should the business do? But this time round, it's no longer a what if. The whole world knows we are in the midst of a pandemic. And all those what if we were discussing become what should we do right now? So is there any interesting sharing that you've heard with all your discussion on, on that topic? Yeah, business innovation, you know, innovate or die is no longer one of those nice little motivational posters we paste on our office room. It is reality, you know, especially with COVID, we are still pretty much in the midst of it. A lot of the discussion we had in our breakout session was really what are the innovations some of the businesses have done in order to survive the last few months and to attempt to survive the next six to 12 months. What are those that work? What are those that didn't work? And we also touched on who are the real victims of this pandemic as well and what could have saved them and what probably could not. So is there a common thread among the discussion? Is there like a maybe best practice that you heard? Because you probably heard so many perspectives, right, in your group. Yeah, one good thing about the session was I heard the word 
green shoots at least two to three times, I think. We are now already into November the year. We have been talking about COVID and COVID, nothing but COVID the whole of this year, right? But I can sense the whole business community are starting to look for little positive points out of this entire thing. Lesser of those negative doom and gloom talks, but more about green shoots. What are the little good things we actually get out of this? Like, for example, it forced a lot of innovations, right? Like, for example, we were actually discussing that, look, actually, COVID didn't really create a lot of new trends. It just accelerated a lot of the trends that was actually brewing in the background. Things like working from home, things like moving retail online, business continuity plan and all this kind of thing. It didn't start any new trend. It actually accelerated a lot. And the general consensus among us was probably that, look, in a few years' time when all this thing has passed, we look back at 2020 and all the innovations that we were all forced to do. Well, that was actually a watershed year for the good. So this is the year we actually start to see green shoots. It's just like a, a catalyst of change, right? Yep, yep. That's right. That's then right. maybe we can talk a little bit about the whole innovation part because there is the assumption or the misunderstanding that innovation is always something completely new, never seen before. You need a huge amount of resources and you know, most of the time organizations tend to drag their feet on it, right? So what happened this time around? Well, this time around, obviously nobody could afford to drag their feet anymore, right? Everybody had to plunge right in whether you like it or not. A lot of the innovation, you need not take a huge step forward. Some you are forced to especially this year. A lot you can actually take in baby step, a little bit along the way, you learn along the way. And it's also through this baby step, you are able to get the buy-in in your organization as well, because it is you know, in a, our human nature to resist changes. Right? Even in a year like this, people will still resist change. But if you take baby steps, small steps, you will get buy-in faster, you will get buy-in easier, and you will also manage the cost. Because one thing that we don't really discuss enough, innovation comes with costs that businesses have to manage. But it need not have to be earlier philosophies of big, hairy, audacious goals kind of a thing, right? It can be quick wins to get something going and then the momentum can start itself too, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, one very good example we brought out during the session as well was uh, what SQ did, right? They didn't really took huge steps to, to try to change, you know. But the thing is that they introduced meals, delivering business class meals or having a meal on board a stationary plane. One thing which definitely stick to my mind from, from this year is when SQ first announced that they're going to do this, everybody laughed and said that you know, it's not cheap, it's pretty pricey. Who will ever want to pay for it? But you know, a few weeks down the road, the kind of news that we get is that it's all sold out, it's fully booked, it was great, fantastic. This is really a good example of nothing radically different done by SQ, serving you food like what they always do, but the only change this time like, is a stationary plane. But the reception was actually very good from the market. Yeah, I recently heard that they are also going into that whole training for experience because I think they're opening up the school, right? They're known for their service, right? They're probably doing that as well. Yeah, based on what I've read, the response has been very good also. So they're actually playing up onto their strengths as well, right? It's nothing very different. Maybe just opening up a little bit more and trying new ways of what they're good at. I mean, you come from the automotive industry, right? And that one, I'm definitely quite sure because you are physically dependent on actual foot traffic. You know? I'm sure the disruption is going to hit. Could you share a little bit about what has really happened and how your industry or perhaps your organization has also maybe applied that whole business innovation thing that we're talking about. Yes, so the interesting thing for the automotive industry, at least in Singapore and in most parts of the world, 
a car is probably the second most expensive thing you're going to buy in your life after your house, right? For years, we have been trying as an industry. I think a lot of us has been trying to explore selling cars online. But we have our fair share of naysayers who say that oh, who's going to buy a $200,000 car, half a million dollars car online, you know. Again, this is where little green shoots, the beauty of COVID came along and we were all forced to go online, especially during the lockdown almost 100%. The interesting thing is, over the whole circuit breaker period, if you look at the number of orders that was actually collected online, fully refundable deposit, yes, but customer actually shop online, book online, the number of orders that was collected through this channel was almost as if showrooms were never closed. So that was like, wow, it was a real eye-opener. All those feeble attempts we have in the past to sell online, finally, we went full steam ahead. Not by choice, but by force. Even after all the orders that was collected, there is still one major question mark that we had to answer as an industry. When we are open, all these orders are subjected to test drive and fully refundable. So how many of it are we able to retain once test drive start happening? It is actually very telling that in the end, after all the test drive, the whole industry on an average retained about 70% of the orders that were collected. Wow, what's the benchmark then usually for such a thing? Is there a benchmark? There's no benchmark, it's the first time we're doing it. Oh, but 70% is still decent, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is actually no benchmark because it's really a brave new world for the car industry. For three whole months, you collect everything online. But if you look back now, we managed to retain 70% and convert them into real sales. That is actually tremendous. And that was an eye-opener and I think the industry will probably not look back from this point. We will probably think that, yeah, actually online, it's really a viable omni-channel for us. So based on your current experience and the trajectory that we're having, are the consumers' behaviours permanently changed as a result or will they revert back to something different on the good old days kind of thing? There will be elements of a permanent change. I think people will get more comfortable buying cars or any other thing online. Obviously, part of it will revert. I mean, now if I can walk into a showroom and at the time, I will just pop by, you know. I don't think it will shift fully to one end or the other end. I think and I hope there is a hybrid system when the dust settles. But definitely not business as usual in the good old days kind of thing, right? It's going to be changed. It's going to be changed, yeah. It's not going to be business as usual. A lot of the practices that we put in place as well, as long as they work, we are happy to make them part of our operation. Now that there is less dependency on physical space, will that also change your overall strategy in terms of innovating the experience and also the way you maybe maintain the experience for someone who is actually pursuing purchase of a new automobile? Yes, I think like many other businesses, you will start to look at physical space that you actually offer to customers. But obviously, you should not get overly enthusiastic because especially in the luxury segment, experience is still a very important thing. We will still have to maintain physical experiences, physical customer face-to-face interaction. You know, I believe we are going through a period of adjustment of what are the kind of physical and digital space that is most optimal for our businesses. Is this something that you're expecting to see across the industry, the automotive industry, or is it just more on the luxury range of it? I'm expecting to see this across the entire industry. But everybody will be adjusting what is optimal for the segment that they are in. So, I mean, just to clarify, right, what you mentioned is actually more omni-channel rather than purely digital-digital, correct? Yes, omni-channel. Then that the whole experience is a lot still maintained or at least evolving. Yeah, that's right. I mean, do you happen to have any advice for our listeners who are about to you know, maybe embark on their business innovation journey? Green shoots is one thing, but knowing where to look for that green shoot where everything looks so dismal. <laughs> where should they even begin? One of the best advice 
either I somebody told me or I read it somewhere it's always ask the question what if you know personally I find that it was really powerful every single thing that you do or every single process that you have if you start with, off with the question of what if it can really set your mind free what if I can do this what if I don't have to do this what if I can bring this up to this place you know that has helped me a lot and I think it will help a lot of other people as well start with what if do not be afraid to fail because there will be failure along the way just like any innovation you are trying to do don't be discouraged failure will happen but once you get some success going while innovating your business it can be quite intoxicating so one thing will lead to another how much effort then should they put into this whole innovation versus managing the business currently right now i'm sure that there's some form of balance that they need to actually pursue right Yes, this question will be answered very differently if you have asked me last year, you know, like I say, innovate or die is no longer a motivational poster in the office now, it's, it's a stark reality. Obviously, where possible, a certain balance has to be achieved. I mean, you don't innovate for the sake of innovating. It has to be meaningful. It has to be something that is really different. It has to be something that is really useful to stakeholders. But like I mentioned earlier, what is usually not said is that innovation comes with a cost. So there must also be a cost-benefit analysis. But like you said, there is a very high probability of failure when innovating in new territory as well, right? So what kind of cost would be acceptable to put into this? Is there a formula or best practice or maybe some consideration about this? I really don't think there is a formula or best practices because what are the kind of costs that every organisation is ready to bear will differ a lot. It's really up to individual. But there must be that kind of courage to go forth into unknown territory, right? Yes, yes, yes. Not just in business, in, in life as well, right? Any unknown territory, you need a lot of courage. Okay, so maybe we can chat a little bit more about the whole QED Changemaker series while we have you with us, right? What are some of the key takeaways that you've had from this current session of the QED Changemaker series? Again, this is linked to what I mentioned earlier. I really love the fact that a lot of people have been starting to mention green shoots. It really gives a sense of optimism, a sense of hope in a year that is generally dominated by bad news, right? It's getting better, it's getting better, right? Now that the US election is over, it's getting better. <laughs> yes, depending on which side you're on, it's getting better, getting worse. But uh, yeah, I mean, green shoots and innovation is a must. It's no longer disruptions and innovation. It's no longer something you just talk on paper. It's no longer something that you just give hard-hearted time. No longer something theoretical. It is something that you have to do right in the face and you have to do it. And then is there any personal takeaways or the learning for you on the personal level? Yeah, like always, I do gain a lot from Changemaker series because you talk to people from different, different industries and you actually learn how different people in different businesses view innovations, view disruptions and there was a lot of sharing that helped me to appreciate point of views that are not just in my industry but from other industries as well. So that will be useful. Okay, maybe on the personal note, did you manage to make any new friends or maybe contacts or even potential partners at such an event? Yeah, yeah. Like always, the LinkedIn invites already coming while the session is still on. That was fast and uh, that was good. I'm sure uh, keep in contact with uh, some of them and we'll see each other again. Well, at least thank you very much. I mean, the world is now slightly smaller but uh, closer together, right? We can actually write this and be a more hopeful future. Well, thank you, Victor, for being part of the 6th QED Changemaker series. Really appreciate you contributing your time, experience and insights for the benefit of the industry as well as our listeners. We all have much to think about. Look forward to chatting with you again soon. Most of all, thank you listeners for tuning in to our QED Changemaker series podcast. 
For more information on QED's leadership development solutions, email us at info at qed.sg. That's info at qed.sg. Do remember to subscribe to our channel and be updated on our latest episodes. I'm your host, Ryan Lim, and I look forward to having you in our next episode. Thank you.